Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. So Martin, let's just jump right into this show because I have a 37 minute <clears throat> and 30 second timer going right now Uh-oh, before I have to both intense. turn the water heater back on and leave. People don't know about the water heater. The water heater is our greatest enemy. Is it? It is. I fist fight the water heater every day. I do. Yeah. I want to use the water heater as a punching bag, but I can't because that would probably make it blow up. And then I would get scalding hot water all over me, which would make the water heater win this battle. That's true. But it is right beneath my room, and it creates horrible noise in all of my recordings if I don't turn it off. But then if I forget to turn it back on, you guys get cold showers. Yeah. Which is kind of bad. (laughs) Nobody likes cold showers except those people that do take cold showers on purpose. And I don't know that they like them. I did that for a while. Did you like it, or were you just doing it because of the reasons you do it? Let me give you a fair and balanced answer to this question, because to answer it simply, no, I do not like the the experience of being in a cold shower. That's not fun. But number one, I did it to build grit and mental toughness because it's like a binary decision you can make at the start of your day. Am I going to embrace uncomfortable or am I going to go for the comfortable? Very easy to choose just. Which way do you want to turn the handle? You could also just put on shoes that don't fit, right? Yeah, but that's like uncomfortable in a harmful way. Whereas, as it turns out, cold showers are actually good for you. They wake you up more. They actually can help you lose weight through some like thermal stuff. You can read the four hour body if you want to learn about that. But it also, I just think it mentally wakes you up a bit more. I don't know. There are a lot of benefits. Uh, To me, it sounds like it would mentally demotivate me. And uh, I don't know, man. Every time I got out of a cold shower, I was like, I felt all awake. I felt energetic and I felt, wow, I just did something hard. Now I'm pretty sure that I can do other hard things throughout the day. Whereas if I just take like a warm, comfy shower, yeah, it feels good, but it doesn't really motivate me at all. Other than I guess feeling clean is nice. But I don't know. It changes your shower just from a clean thing to something that builds mental clean and torturous thing. Maybe we'll talk about cold showers. Actually, you know what? I think we have a cold shower episode. Oh, really? Yeah. A let me. Episode? Well, not an entire episode Wait, about you know cold I showers, I about. but I interviewed Joel Runyon, who is the guy that made the Impossible brand. You always see the Impossible shirt that I'm wearing. Yeah. Uh, that's him. And I interviewed him back on episode 43. So I think we talked about cold showers in that one. And then my friend Stefano Gandini, who was in episode 44, also did a really huge cold shower post, probably inspired by Joel, but that's one of the big posts on his site, and he's a cold shower acolyte. Or I don't know well, if that's the right word. you'll never convert me. You don't want to try it? Come on, no. Martin. Come on, Martin. Challenge no. you. That's okay. I, I did cold showers for like 55 straight days, and then I, I quit because it does, it gets old after a while. After a while, I think you get the grit benefits, and then you're just, you're just taking a lame cold shower in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> It needs to be something you do for like a 30-day challenge or something. Anyway, we're back to lame superheroes and super villains. 
because they've sent us some questions on our newly question and answer focused College Info Geek podcast. And uh, I'm stoked to dig into some of these. So let's get into them. But real quick, if any of you students out there or lifelong learners or people who don't happen to be super lame villains or heroes want to ask your questions, the College Info Geek community over on Reddit is probably the best place to do it. You can get to it uh, at collegeinfogeek.com slash community. Now, that is the best place to do it because other people do answer questions before we even get to them on the podcast. So you get more answers, more bang for your buck. But you can also tweet me at Tom Frankly if you want as well. And we are going to get into three questions. The first of which is sent by, I think, possibly the lamest one on this list yet. You've said that to like all of them. How do they keep getting lamer? Oh, but this is. Oh, wait, that's the point of the this list, is, isn't it? That's true. It is counting down. Oh, so I'm I hoping gotcha. that number one is like just this paragon of lameness and it's going yeah, to be gonna great. Thomas Frank shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what if the people running the site found our podcast and then edited gonna, their blog post? Put a joke at the end of it. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. That would be, it would become my favorite blog post of all time. If that happened, unless like somebody requested it to happen, that it would be lame. But if they just did it on their own accord. Yeah. Anyway, this is at number nine and this is asbestos lady. Asbestos lady. She's she's fighting <laughs> villains as best as she can. Oh. Nice. She has special asbestos bullets, it looks like. That's the slow, cruel death. That's true, I'm yeah. give you cancer. Oh, she's not lame. She's just horrible. That's mean. Anyway, her question is, I'm an English major, so I do a lot of reading for my classes, and as a result, I've been having a lot of trouble reading for fun. So, do you have any suggestions for me to make myself read for fun more often? Now, Martin, I feel like you have a lot of experience, not with being an English major, but just with feeling like you have too much work in order to read for fun. And I've been there too, but yeah, I feel like you've, you've talked to me off the podcast about like your systems and harebrained schemes for making yourself, uh, what do you, what yeah. do you call it? Like immerse yourself in fictional worlds yeah, more I've, deliberately. I've felt that I wanted to read more and I don't like, so I've, I've tried, um, little 10 minute a day reading habits, things like that. But I could never get quite into the book enough because mm-hmm. it's like deep work, you know? If I want to be really immersed into the world of a fictional book, I need to experience it long enough that I've completely stopped thinking about, do I have laundry to do today? Yeah. Like, I need to forget the real world while I'm in it. So it can't just be for five, ten minutes a day. I don't I don't get into it enough. And I've often felt like I'm not reading nearly as much as I want. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and just say that maybe like a half hour goal a day or something to that effect is useful. I'm using Google Goals right now, which is a cool feature on the Google Calendar app. I feel like you've told me this, which but is, I haven't looked it up yet. I, I really like it so far. Basically, you say, I have a goal. And it's like, what kind of goal do you have? Oh, I want to read for 30 minutes. I'm going to four times a week. And Google Calendar just looks at your calendar and sticks it where it thinks you can do it. Oh. And you can move it around if you're busy that time. Okay. And it will learn when are you not busy? When are you likely to complete this? And that's pretty cool. So I don't think about it now. Google just tells me when to do it and I listen. But That is cool. But I find reading one book at a time to be more helpful so that I don't get confused. And if you're an English major, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. But I guess for this very specific situation, I don't know that you need to force yourself to read for fun. Because if you're forcing mm. yourself to do something for fun, aren't you just kind of making it a chore? Well, I think I can reframe it a little bit because 
you could say I'm, I'm forcing myself to read for fun, but I think you could reframe it as I want reading and fiction reading probably to be my go-to entertainment medium instead of maybe TV or video games or uh, like our good friend Clyde says, just sitting around derping on his phone and then realizing he's wasting his yeah. time. So he throws his phone across the room and goes, what am I doing? <laughs> like I, I can, I can identify with this because I've had periods in my life where I'm really into reading and any spare moment I've got, I'll read a book and then I finish and instead of going on to another book, I'll just start doing something else. You know, like right now, I mean, I finished building that table recently. That was kind of my fun thing after work for a while. And I think now we've just been kind of watching Parks and Rec, playing board games every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and there's, I'm not reading any fiction right now, to be honest. Now, I am reading half an hour a day, but right now I'm reading Robert Greene's 33 Strategies of War. And I do that in the morning for half an hour. And then I just haven't been reading other than that throughout the day. I want to, but it just seems like there's, it seems like it's too much effort. So, well, see, I, don't I think know. I think if that's the case, though, you don't have to read all the good fictional books in the same way that I don't have to see all the good movies. I haven't seen the new yeah. Star Wars, and I don't care. Sorry, but blasphemy. It doesn't. It's not that important if you're not actually finding yourself motivated to do it. If you're reading like 50 books a day for your English major, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired of reading right now. I just want to do something else. Then maybe mm-hmm. that's just the situation you're in for now. Okay. So maybe what we should establish as the answer here is number one, if you're already reading a ton for class, maybe you don't need to feel like you're obligated. You don't to have read to. You still can outside but of your stuff. Yeah. I don't think you should necessarily feel really bad mm-hmm. about it. So with that being established, let's talk about what to do. If you really truly do want to read outside of your classes. Now, one thing I've discovered, and I think this is something that people are going to have to figure out for themselves, whether or not they're the same as me, but I have a half an hour per day reading goal. And at one point in in the past, I did like a, I must read 25 pages a day reading goal where I bet you a hundred dollars. I would do it every day. I made my progress public. Um, That was a fantastically successful goal. I read 11 books in like three months or something like that. It did work. Some of them being very complex and big books. But right now I'm not doing that because my goals right now are very ambitious. I'm trying to get weekly videos back on and I'm putting a lot more effort into my videos in like all aspects in addition to a big project we're working on, which I mean, I I can tell people on the podcast, we're working on our first mini course. So that'll be fun when it comes out and more details are forthcoming, but we're working on that. We're developing content for it. I'm working on other projects. So it's tough to say... Tom, you're going to read 25 pages a day without fail, regardless of the book you choose. So instead, I'm doing 30 minutes a day. Now, what I talked about a while ago with my reading challenges is that 30 minutes a day or any kind of timer I found would catch me daydreaming a lot. Oh, yeah. You're kind of just like hoping the timer will finish or something. And you're yeah. Yeah. Or I'll attention. just like know the timer's going to finish or, you know, I won't be that motivated. So it's 30 minutes. And I think that this... The system I've got going right now works very specifically to the particular book I'm reading because I've learned through experience that it takes me a little over half an hour to read one chapter of that 33 Strategies of War book. So instead of setting a timer for 30 minutes, I've been putting on the Brain FM app and I'll do the one hour session because I was doing half hour sessions and basically using that as a timer. Like when the music stops, I'm done reading. 
but I really want to finish each chapter and kind of make each day dedicated to that one chapter. So I put it on the hour setting and then I read the whole chapter and I basically know once I finish the chapter, that's half an hour or more. Yeah. And that gets me through it, which is nice. Yeah. And I've done something kind of, kind of similar to that where I would, it would be a timer, but it wouldn't be something that went off. There'd be no timer mm. on my phone. I would just look up when I felt I was at a good stopping point and I'd be like, has it been a half hour? Uh, yeah. No. All right. I'll start the next thing. Fair enough. But mm -hmm. that way I'm not anticipating the little alarm. Yeah. And at first that was my goal with putting the Brain FM on the half hour session because then I wouldn't be tempted to look at a timer. I just knew when the music goes away, I'm done. Yeah. But because I want to finish the chapter, I've kind of tweaked it. But, you know, maybe in the next book, I'll go back to half an hour Brain FM sessions. And the one thing I will say is... So this is a goal I have in my Habitica. I haven't actually bet you guys a crazy amount of money for this particular one because I want to, I want the bets to be a little special and be like reserved yeah, if, for, if for challenging for things. Literally everything. Yeah. I don't want to have like 10 ongoing bets with you. You're gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to forget, forget how much money I'm going to potentially gonna, owe you. You're going to forget a couple of them. <laughs> um, but what I have found is that reading in the morning before I start work is a more successful tactic because if I don't and I tell myself, okay, I'm going to end my day with reading. Uh, and I've been, I was actually planning this out. I had a daily plan for every day in the week and it would end with read and review. So it was an hour of reading time plus just reviewing how I did on my daily plan, how accurate it was. But as with most plans, I was a little bit over ambitious. It took too long and I found I was pushing reading off. And then the other night last week, it was, it was 945 and my get ready for bedtime is 10:15, so i was like reading right up to the deadline i was like this isn't gonna work because if i'm working before reading i'll push reading off so instead i will read first. yeah you don't want to be like uh oh i have to read at midnight now when mm -hmm. i wanted to be sleeping but unfortunately i didn't read a half hour and i kept putting it off forever and ever and ever and ever and ever yeah so if you want to read more maybe try doing it in the morning before your other things. I mean, if you have reading for a class, you're probably going to get that done no matter what. You're going to consider that your work. So if you could place the thing that you personally are interested in doing more often before the reading, there you go. Yeah, or like on a lunch break or something. I used to do that. Oh yeah, lunch breaks too. Yep, that works. So we're already 15 minutes in, so uh, hopefully Asbestos Lady will get more reading done with that answer. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> This next this next hero is a doll man. Doll man. He he's like, I'm pretty sure he's like just a GI. He's like just a GI Joe. Oh, he's literally he's, he's a basically doll. just. But he's, oh, he's that little. He's guy. a doll. Yeah, and he's punching this dude in the face. That's cool, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, I, I think he's an actual man. I can shrink down to six inches in height. That's his power. So like, so he's basically like a like, really lame version of Ant-Man yeah, who like, can't go he's like Ant-Man, but he wants to be Ken instead of a weird science guy. Yeah. He can't even go subatomic. Okay. He just can be a weird G.I. Joe knockoff. Okay. Anywho, Delman's question is, should you work somewhere that isn't related to what you're studying or want to do in the future? Or should you wait for an opportunity to work in your field? So I'm sure the, the person asking this question, Mr. Dollman did not mean it this way, but I do want to take the wording, I take an opportunity from the wording. So the wording here was, should I wait for an opportunity to work in my field? And I don't think you should wait at all. So for a long time, and I'm not sure if you've ever talked on the podcast with me about this, Martin, but I've had this 
hierarchy of job desirability in my head for students in particular, like on-campus jobs. And at the top, it's always been jobs that will give you major experience. And then right underneath that, it's jobs that will give you any sort of communication experience or soft skill building. So at two examples of that, I worked in the campus web development office. And as an MIS major, that was what I consider a tier one job because I was getting direct IT experience. Same with the campus tech support center, tier one job. Whereas my time as a summer orientation assistant, giving tours to the new students, helping them sign up for classes. For me, that was a tier two job because it wasn't an IT, which was my main goal at the time, but it did give me public speaking experience. It gave me leadership experience. I had to uh, do a lot of you know event coordination, a lot of communication. So it was an absolutely fantastic professional skills building experience that I went for. And then beneath that, you have like tier three jobs, which are the ones that are what I call warm body, where like if you can't get a lot of good professional skills and you can't get real in the trenches in your major experience, then something that gets you money while also letting you do your homework or or do personal projects or something. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And then like right at the bottom is like Burger King or something. Yeah, some sort of dining job. You know, something that literally just gives you money. And I'm not going to say those jobs are useless for, you know, are they're only useful for money because they do, I think, teach work ethic and give you a little bit of mental toughness. Yeah, but they're but, just not at the top of your, your hierarchy. Yeah, they don't come with like cushy benefits of, of any time, you know. You know, they give you some benefits, but they're not going to, you know, sparkle on a resume. And they also don't give you time to maybe study for an IT certification in your downtime or something. Yeah. So I, I oh, think I'd have to agree with that for the most part mm-hmm. with the addition that if you're not working one of the things that's tier one right in your major, you're a programmer and you're doing programming, then if you can do either of the next ones, the ones that build your soft skills or leadership or something, or mm-hmm. the ones where you're just a warm body at the desk and you're doing paperwork or something, if you could do those in a department or at a at a company that's related to what you want to do, because then you've got mm. all these networking opportunities. Yeah. And on your resume, it will say you worked at this place that's kind of related to what you're interested in. It'll show a cohesion in your jobs. That's true, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to be a video game developer and you find a job posting for like administrative assistant at Bioware. Like that's absolutely take that. You're going to make so many connections that Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have made otherwise. Yeah. So I guess we should have been that if you can connect with people in your industry that are going to open paths for you, do whatever it takes. uh, Be a janitor, man. Monsters University. They're always hiring in the mailroom. That's right. They're always hiring in the mailroom. And then there's the classic story of the guy who works his way up from the mailroom scraping and crawling, never had a college education and becomes a CEO one day. Yeah. If you can get some really cool (laughs) networking bonuses out of it while you're just sitting at a desk or doing something you didn't prefer, that is, I think, better than doing the same thing somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, to answer this question succinctly, I honestly believe that most students could stand to work in college somewhere. Yeah. And if there's not, they should have a job. Yeah. I just, I really, I honestly believe in the value of work so much and the value of just having a challenging schedule and having some extra pocket money to boot is always a good thing. It leaves options open for you. Obviously don't stress yourself out too much. You know, if you have an incredibly demanding academic schedule that takes precedent, but I also think that in a general sense, you know, what's the value of an incredibly demanding academic schedule if it leaves you no time for, for work that helps you to get closer to your goals, you know, in that way. Yeah. Cause class, 
classes are only one part of the equation. Or even just if you're super busy with classes, if you could volunteer somewhere mildly related to what you're interested in, that's still good. Yeah. So I, if it were me, I have always been the per kind of person that wanted to have a part-time job until College Info Geek became my job. Then I prioritized that. But, you know, even going into college, I did not know about the Campus IT Center at first. So it was my plan to apply to be a bus driver on campus. Like to drive. Really? Yeah, I was going to drive one of the Cyrides because I think it paid like starting $13 an hour. Oh, nice. And in high school, the most I ever made was that's like pretty good for like a, So that's pretty good at that time in your life, I think. That's, that would have been fantastic. That's pretty good for a lot of people after that, honestly. Well, I got to say, I started it's at not minimal. I started at 825 at the Campus IT Center. Yeah, so a, the bus would have been way, way, way better pay. But I, and I think correctly assumed that gaining some IT skills was worth the massive pay cut versus just driving a bus around in a circle all day and basically learning how to do nothing except for drive a bus. So yeah, you can't program while you're driving. Mm -hmm. You get like code Academy on your phone and you're steering with your hand. <laughs> this is going to end terribly. It'll be fine. I saw this gift the other day of a bus just like driving into a coffee shop window. That would have been me if I was really, if I was like doing code Academy on the bus. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. How do you think they're doing? In their job, right? <laughs> uh, so it turned out, I wanted to use that as a fun example, but it turned out the bus had no one on it at the time. I what? think it just had like a weird malfunction where the brake didn't work. So it just started slowly rolling. And so it was literally, oh, the, even the driver wasn't in there. Yeah. The, I think, okay. I, I think the driver had noticed something wrong. So they got all the passengers off. They got off themselves. And then the bus just slowly, like slow-mo style Ooh, rolled nice. into this coffee shop. And it was, it was slow enough that the people at like the window seats just saw it coming and they calmly like pick their laptops up and just kind of <laughs> move back. They don't even like run or duck or do any cool like Duke Nukem style somersaults away. They just kind of back off and then I the bus just comes that. into the window. I want to experience that someday just to calmly walk away from the approaching vehicle. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. They should have like put some sunglasses on first, you know? Yeah. Anywho, big diatribe, but chase opportunities you know don't don't wait for an opportunity because opportunity does not come to you um you will be exposed to opportunities especially in college it is a concentrated just crazy amalgam of a lot of opportunities but you have to go for them so put yourself in the mindset of you know this is my job desirability list hierarchy thing maybe it's different for you than it is for me you know this is just one man's opinion but whatever your hierarchy list is be on the lookout for opportunities and if you don't find one that's at like tier one, but you have one that tier like the, that's at tier two that comes up in the near future, latch onto it. Do it, man. Yeah. And don't then wait, that's going to help you build thing. some communications or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's ever perfect ever. And last question, which comes to us from, let's see here. It comes to us from arm fall off boy. Like fallout boy. Uh, I think this is a precursor arm, to fallout arm boy. Fall off boy. That's. That's not even like well written. That's this is just a guy whose arm comes off and he beats people with it. That's not even like a clever pun of a this name. Is, this it's is just, so dumb. That'd be like calling Hulk big green strong man. That's not that clever of a name. Okay, so like looking at the the picture here, I think maybe what they might have been going for was like a starfish kind of concept where like you can take a limb off and it grows back and he just uses that as an opportunity to beat, beat people, people with his arms. arms. Let me tell you something, Arm Fall Off Boy. There's something called a baseball bat. 
what? which is harder than an arm, and you don't have to pull your arm off to beat someone with it. Alternatively, so, he could replace his arms with baseball bats. And he's saying die villain, so I think he's a hero. So this is why nobody takes. He doesn't even have seriously. like evil ambitions. He's just a dude who woke up one day and he's like, "I have the biology of a starfish, and I will use it to fight crime by ripping off my limbs." He could probably do more for good if he would just <laughs> hang out with some scientists who could figure out how to clone his power <laughs> to save people. That's true. He what would do more? How more about good being like prosthetic arm donator boy? Instead yeah. of just beat people with my arms, He boy. is not maximizing his potential. Anyway, dude, that's my first piece of advice for you. But on to your question. Yeah. What are some tips for developing the ability to think quickly under pressure? Well, yeah, I guess pulling your arm off and beating somebody with it's going to create some pressure. And I only have one arm. Yeah. So I, I love this question. Yeah, this is a tricky one. Uh, I I don't know if it's that tricky. It's tricky in that it's not... I don't. You can't just go to think quickly class... And magically come out the quickest thinker. You, so the, you got to think outside the box, I think. You do, but the answer came to me very quickly. And I think it's because my brain is primed due to reading the 33 strategies of war. If you want to develop the ability to think quickly under pressure, you must throw yourself into situations where you have to think quickly under pressure. So for an example, Martin, you and I played chess the other night. Yep. If I wanted to become better at thinking quickly under pressure, I would play speed chess with you. That's true, and maybe next time you wouldn't lose. I'm I just, might not lose. Yeah, just saying. Then you you'd do better. Yeah, uh, I was honestly very disappointed but, in myself for well, losing that game. But well, what kind of situations <laughs> we got? We got you could get an improv class. You could learn yeah. freestyle rap. That'd be pretty dope. Uh, what else is there that you can do in college? Take on a challenging job, or a leadership role, you know, or uh, even just like play play real time strategy games. Yeah, go play freaking Starcraft. That will force you to think quickly yeah. under pressure. One thing that helps me, and of course I'm going to relate this to language somehow, but speaking and practicing foreign languages has helped me think quickly under pressure so oh, well yeah. because I had to give a, a speech to a French class once in French, and it wasn't my French class. I was supposed to go speak about the benefits of Anki and spaced repetition mm -hmm. to this other class in French, and it was so, so difficult. And this benefited my public speaking also, by the way, because when I come back to English, now I'm just like, well, I can say stuff to you in English. At least I'm not going to be tripping over words I don't think I know. Yeah. And when you're having a conversation in a foreign language, like through italki or something, you have to learn how to dance quickly around your gaps in knowledge. If you're like, I mm. don't know the word for that, I need to figure out, uh, I'm talking about the, the big white box you put food in and it keeps them cold. If you don't know the word for fridge, you have to figure out how to express yourself using a very limited amount of knowledge. And oh, yeah, yeah. That not only is that difficult there, and it helps you think more quickly, but when you come back to your native language, it's just so much more easy for you to express yourself and to think about things because you're like, oh, I have the freedom to use every word now. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I think there's so... It's like turning it on hard mode and then coming back to normal mode. It's like when uh, all the Saiyans in Dragon Ball Z train under like 50 times gravity. And yeah. They come back to normal and they're like, this is easy. That's what you need to do. I don't know what your 50 times gravity solution is, but you can yeah, find Yeah, that's true. One. You know, when I was in wrestling in high school, it was kind of a, a similar situation where we would drill moves and we would do conditioning drills. but And all that's important, but I think the most important part of practice is when we would actually spar. And I was like, all right, you have to wrestle this guy as if it were a real competition. And I, I've just been thinking about this in grander terms over the last few days. I read in a book 
called Packing for Mars, which is a book about all the challenges of space travel, that when astronauts go to space and they come back, uh, if they've been up there for any length of time, we find that their bone density has gone down and they can actually develop osteoporosis. It can be a really big problem. It's one of the big challenges of long-term space travel. Anybody wanting to go to Mars, so they have to like try to exercise all the time up there. And really, I mean, what we kind of learned about the human body is that it's really a use it or lose it kind of thing. And this is probably over aggrandizing it and oversimplifying it. But I think that biology as a whole, your body, your brain, everything is adapted and evolved to rise to challenges and to basically do battle all the time. And if you're not doing battle in some form or some shape, then you lose the ability to do it. And I'm not talking about battle in like a very narrow sense where you're on a field like fighting somebody hand to hand. It could be, for example, say you wanted to get better at communicating in your relationship or you want to have a better relationship with your girlfriend. Your adversary isn't your girlfriend in that situation, but she's but it is the natural tendency for humans who are in stable relationships and they trust each other to become a little bit more lethargic in their communication or to overlook politeness or to, you know, fall into routines that become boring. Like that's your adversary. And if you don't if you don't mentally commit to going to battle against that, it will win over you and it will actually diminish your ability to have a good relationship and to be spontaneous or to be kind and polite. So, you know, relating this back to thinking under pressure, if you want to think under pressure, put yourself under pressure. That is the one thing that will develop your ability to do that. If you want to get better at anything, Put yourself, you know, into battle against whatever well-picked adversary will help you build that skill through stress and through challenge. Don't do this too much because you do need rest as well. We're all cyclical, but if you don't do it, you don't grow. And you won't be able to grow like a starfish. Yeah. And you won't grow your arms back. And how are you going to beat people with your arms if they don't grow back? So grow those arms well, back. Actually, I think that's just punching people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Whatever, I'm not going to question comic genius. Or buy an aluminum bat. But hey, nobody's going to buy a comic where it just it's beats people with a Batman. Don't kid yourself. That's probably the next one on the list. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, that's right. I've been forcing myself not to scroll down. Don't spoil so it. So I don't, I don't know no spoilers. any of the other ones. So we've got four more in this list. Next week, we're going to do three more questions. We'll see if we get through them all. Sometimes I skip some of them because they're not very entertaining to just say audibly well that's sad they're both boring and not entertaining yeah it's true but anyway if you want to find out who the next three super lame superheroes and villains are uh wait around to the next episode of dragon ball z or this podcast whichever one yeah <laughs> show notes for this one guys are over at cigpodcast.com slash 137 you'll find links to all the resources we talked about uh i'll have a link to the interview with joel runyon about cold showers I think I have a podcast episode on how to get a part-time job in college where I talk more in depth about that job desirability hierarchy. So we'll have all that in the show notes. Check it out. Also, if you want to support this show, there is a link within the show notes to go and review the podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the show out to more people. And if you want to get the show out to more people like we do, tell a friend about it. Maybe there's somebody out there who you know who could benefit from this show. So let them know. Other than that, we will see you in next week's episode. Until then, stay cute.